morning, everybody. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned this last week, but um, I want to thank the Pratts for building me my new stand. So I appreciate that. I don't have to do this anymore. It's a little bit closer. Um, but we're in this new series called Soul Activity. We're in the second week of the series, and um, I'm really excited about this series um, because, uh, you know, sometimes when I was growing, well, when I was growing up, and even in my adult life, people would say, "You you need to love God with all your heart. You need to be fully devoted to Jesus." And I was like, "Yeah, what does that really look like, though?" Like, you know, when when the when the Bible tells us to uh, to in everything that you do, do it for the glory of God, all right? And so the question becomes, okay, so how do I eat my oatmeal with chocolate chip chunks in it? To the glory of God. Like, how do I take everything that I do and make and and make it be, you know, make it glorify God? And so, um, but well, what I've figured out, well, I don't know if I've figured it out yet, but what I've learned over the last couple of years is that is that your your soul, like your every part of your being, like. Everything that you identify with needs to be connected with the heart of God for you to be fully devoted. Like, and here, but here's the thing. We call this soul activity because for all of us who are believers, we should have, if we're really believers, we've experienced something in our lives. Something that should excite us, to motivate us, to push us to be bigger, better than what we ever could have been on our own. I mean, we had the Savior of the world, the Creator of the world, die on a cross for our sin and our shame. You know, when we should be eternally separated, He connected us. And that should get us a little bit excited. There should be some activity. And out of that activity, out of that soul, our soul should flow joy and service and patience and all the, all the goodies that you, that you can name off. But as we started this series, what we said was, was that um, we, we wanted to define soul activity as this. And we said a person's total self in pursuit of being a fully devoted follower of Christ. Like every part of our being, not our being as in what are we doing, but our, who we are as a person, every part of us connected with Christ. And I've titled this, did I put Mark 12 in there? Mark 12, 30, I'm going to read that. We, we, we put it around this one verse, this whole series around this one verse. Last week was kind of an introduction, but it's around this verse in, in Mark 12, 30. It says, And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. And so what we said was, what, is, what does this look like? And what we wanted to do was take every part of that, every part of that, and make it, um, what does it look like? Like this week, we'll talk about what does it look like to follow God with all your heart, love God with all your heart. And next week, we'll go to all your soul. All right? But what does it look like to love God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind? Um, but the title of this week's sermon is The Well Has Run Dry. The Well Has Run Dry. Like, have you ever had something that it, that at one point it seemed to satisfy you, but it doesn't anymore? Like something in your life where it was like, man, it brought you so much joy, so much fulfillment, but then um, you go back to it and it's like, well, it really ain't that good anymore. 
Like, I think of Babalu, a restaurant downtown. They got rid of my oyster tacos. Okay? They had, like, some of the best oyster tacos. They were the best thing ever. Now, they have some good guacamole that they make tableside, which I, that's still good. But ever since they took away my oyster tacos, it doesn't seem to satisfy anymore. I mean, all their food's good, but it doesn't seem to satisfy me anymore. So, Babalu owners, if you're listening, bring back the oyster tacos. But we all have something in our lives that, we, that at one point gave us fulfillment or made us whole. But now it's kind of like, huh. Or maybe that something is a someone and, they've, and it's kind of at, at points have left you hanging. You know, has, has there ever been a person that, that just kind of lets you down? Because sometimes we put all of our heart into other people, other things. And these other things are going to let us down. See, last night I made a, um, a little post on Instagram and Facebook, a little video. And I, and I asked people, I said, to help me out for, for this this morning. And, um, and, and what is one thing that you love with all your heart? And I said, put it in the comments below. Okay. People said husbands and wives. People said family. Um, I had one person message me and said food. <laughs> okay. Hallelujah. That boy's got to eat, okay? But with all of those things, my question is, do they always satisfy? Do they always satisfy? So, kind of lead up to this story today. And we've, if you've been around church, drove by church, grandma um, threw a Bible at you, you've heard this story, okay? But... There's this, and I, we've actually preached about it from a different side, but of the, to, here at to, uh, here at uh, Shift Church. But um, what we want to do is kind of give you a little introduction here. Is like Jesus at one point was traveling from Judea to Galilee, and it took he took a break in a village called Sychar. Okay, in a village called Sychar, and. Um, it's a, it was a village in Samaria, and Samaria was known for a few things in this ancient culture. They were known as, you know, Knoxville is known as the Marble City, right? Because um, marble was mined around here. But Samaria was also known as the Ivory House because they had all sorts of ivory palaces, ivory um, statues for uh, worship of pagan gods. Because there were several different times that the the area of Samaria, area of Samaria, I could be a rapper. Um, it was uh, it would be conquered by outside forces. So so they would they bring in their pagan gods and then, um, but also the Jewish people discredited Samaria because of this, and here's why: Samaria began to mingle with their neighbors, and that's just. Uh, PG term for begin to lay around with some outside people, right? You know, when God said, keep yourself pure, keep yourself whole, don't keep her, keep her, be equally yoked, you know, here they started mingling, having kids, having families with um, these pagan nations. Begin to, um, but the biggest thing is they begin to, to practice foreign customs, what, the, what Samaritans did was they, belie- they believed in God, the God of heaven, but they also adapted some of, their other, some of these other beliefs from pagan nations. 
So it'd be like if we worshiped Jesus, but we did some Buddhist rituals, <laughs> okay? It was just kind of this, this back and forth, not knowing which rock to stand on, not sure. And Jewish, the Jewish people at that time um, discredited Samaria, said they weren't their own people. And Jesus, Jesus is taking this break, and he happens to be, be beside a well, a source of life especially in the middle of a desert. Wells are important. They're, they're, they're meeting places. That's where women would go gather water every morning. And here's this lady mid-afternoon coming to get substance to live off of. And this is where we're going to pick up the story in John 4, 7 through 18. It says this, Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Please give me a drink. And he, he was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. And let me just say this. There's a part of this said that Jesus sat there weary from his travels, but I think this was kind of a divine appointment. Like Jesus knew this woman was going to come to the well that day. But he was alone at the time because his disciples had gone to the village to buy some food. And the woman was surprised, for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. And she said, we missed a we missed a part of it. Can you go back? Go back to 4 8. Oh, 4 9, aren't they? And Jesus, you are a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? And here's the, here's the crazy thing she has no clue who she's talking with at this moment. Because Jesus replied this If you only knew. Have you ever told somebody? I mean, if you only knew. If you only knew the real story. If you only knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you what? Living water. In verse 11, but sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said, and this well is very deep. Where would you get the living water? And, and besides, do you think you are greater than our ancestors Jacob? And I, if I was Jesus, I'd be like, well, yeah, kind of. Um, who gave us this well? How can you how can you offer better water than than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? And Jesus replied, "Anyone who drinks the water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes fresh, bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life." Please, sir, the woman said, "Give me this water." Then I'll never be thirsty again, and I won't have to come here to get water. Go and get your husband, Jesus told her. I don't have a husband, the woman replied. Well, I mean, what did Jesus just do here? He caused some tension in her life. One, she did do some accelerate training here. One, he met her around something that was common to her, which was what? Water. Okay, met around something that was common to her, like how we should meet people around something that's common to them. Too often, church people go to talk to non-Christians, and they start using all these Christianese big word languages and talking about things off topic, and they're like, I don't, I'll, I don't want to talk to you. But if we meet people where they are and what's, what's culturally relevant to them at that moment, it will open up to where you can cause tension in their life to get them to think. So here's Jesus. He met her where she was. Now she, he's causing some tension because Jesus knew 
that she was finding her source from something else because she says, I don't have a husband. The woman replied, and Jesus said, you're right. You don't have a husband, for you have had five husbands. Play is going to play. <laughs> and you aren't even married to the man you're living with right now. You certainly spoke the truth. Isn't it amazing how sometimes when we speak our own truth, when we tell, our, when we tell ourselves the truth, how our lives can be changed? Because I think for too long we, we lie to ourselves about how good we are. Like, I'm better than so-and-so. I'm still using Chaz as an example. I'm better than Chaz. I mean, look at his beard compared to mine. Okay? We, we start comparing ourselves, and yes, to, to Chaz, I may have a better beard, but to Joe, I'm a joke. His beard is awesome. But we start comparing ourselves in our lives. Well, I've only had sex with four guys, and she's had sex with like ten. So I'm better than that. Or how about, how about this one? Um, well, I make about $15,000 more a year than she does or he does. So I'm a, I'm a little, I'm, I'm better. I drive a, a newer car. Well, I don't do that. Do you see what Bob did yesterday? We need to pray for him because he did this. And we start comparing ourselves and... See, Jesus says here, for you have had five husbands and you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. You certainly spoke the truth. So notice the woman at the well, when searching for what can satisfy, because she was trying to satisfy her thirst, Jesus responded by pointing out an area of her life where she's been searching for, 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 for fulfillment. Sorry, I was wicked-wicked in out there. With her, namely her relationship with men. This was the well that she continually returned to, and it never satisfied her. I'm talking about the men in her life. And I'm not saying it's a man for you or a woman for you, but what is, it, what is that well that you keep running to, that you keep pouring into your heart, that's never satisfying you. Maybe it is a relationship. Maybe it is whatever it is in your life. You know, it kind of makes me think of this. Like sometimes we go to a well to draw from it, and here's our, here's our empty heart. And we go to draw from, the, from this well... I took the labels off because I can't sponsor anybody. Took the labels off. But we, we go to fill our hearts with something. But our well just keeps... Like you ever felt like you were pouring, like you were loving something with all your heart and it just never seemed to fill up? Like maybe you're pursuing that job... And it's a good job, it's a great job, but it just never seems to satisfy our hearts. It never seems to quite reach even the brim. And we're left with an empty heart. 
do I, I did this for a long time. Like, of course, I would say that oh, I'm a Christian. I love God, and I'd go to church every Sunday, but live like hell the rest of the week. I would try, try to kind of fill my heart up on Sundays, try to compensate the hell that I was living the rest of the week. I would try. I'd try to fill my heart up with relationships I had with girls, or if I can get that next bigger paycheck, or um, can I? Could I be cool to that person? Could I, can I be accepted into that group? We keep trying to fill our hearts with stuff that never satisfies, and it ends up draining us. That's why. Mark twelve thirty says you've got to love God, not our families, not our kids, not our wives, not anything else in this world, not our jobs, not not my two thousand twelve Toyota Tundra Rock Warrior, not our jobs, not our family, not our stuff, not our houses, not our vacations, none of this. We, we not love love that stuff with all your heart, but we've got to love. God with all our hearts. So my question is, what well are you going to to try to fill your heart? Because the only way that we're going to love God with all of our heart is if we run to the only thing that can satisfy us. And the only thing that can satisfy us and never let us down is Jesus. That's why if you're taking notes, you can write this down. Loving Jesus will satisfy your heart in a way that no other relationship or idol can. Loving Jesus will satisfy your heart in a way that no other relationship or idol can. See, oftentimes we replace God with something or someone else, and we begin to place unrealistic expectations on that person or that thing. We put people on a pedestal. We put people on a pedestal. And, and, when, and when they fall off that pedestal, it bothers us because we've elevated this person higher or this thing higher than what it was supposed to be. We pour our hearts into this person or this thing. And when it fails us, it, it, it devastates us. And the only thing that can ever really satisfy us to give us fulfillment day in and day out, because here's the great news is that is that God's mercies are new every day. God's grace is new every day. Every day you get a fresh start. But with this person, you may make them mad enough to where they don't want to be around you anymore. Or they may have hurt you, and you don't want to be around them. Or you're going to lose that prized possession. And for too long, we have been going to the wrong well to fill up our hearts when Jesus is the only one that could ever really satisfy us. Because, let me read this verse first. Jeremiah 2.13 says this, For my people have done two evil things. They've abandoned me, the fountain of living water. And here's the thing about living water that if we truly have if we truly have an empty heart 
And we have a Savior that says that only He can satisfy us. And we start seeking after Him with every part of our being. And by being, we're going to seek Him with our souls. As He begins to pour into our hearts, it will truly satisfy the cravings of our heart. forsaken the fountain of living water. Like when the woman went to the well, I don't think she was expecting for Jesus to pull out some tension in her life, to call out the well that she had been going to. Or she was trying to be satisfied, but was never satisfied. See, I think this woman at the well never intended to have this type of conversation that day, but I think she had been searching for what can satisfy her. I think she had had, you know, what, five husbands? And now she's living with, it, with, with one. Maybe she was testing the waters because she has, because she's been hurt five other times. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to step into a new, new relationship this way to see if this will work. And here's Jesus reminding her and reminding you whatever you're testing, whatever you're trying outside of him is not going to work. Anything outside of God and outside of Jesus is not going to fulfill you. No matter how hard you try, no matter how hard you chase, none of that. It's not going to work. It's only going to make you hurt worse, make you learn to not trust, make you learn to hate. Because only Jesus can truly fill your heart and satisfy it. So what well are you running to to fill up your heart? Because the only way that we can love God with all of our heart is to put more of God in our hearts. That's why... Now, Brittany will probably tell you that we need more communication, which is probably true. But how do we love our spouses more and more and more? By spending time with them. By investing our hearts, taking pieces of our hearts and giving it. And so my question to you, are you willing to give up your heart to be fulfilled? To be filled up? I don't want to end up like Jeremiah between the right this part of Jeremiah where it says they have abandoned me the fountain of living water and they have dug they have dug for themselves cracked cisterns that could hold no water at all it's not going to work now another part of Jeremiah says your heart is deceitful above reproach which basically means your heart will try to lie to you. Your heart will try to deceive you. It'll tell you that's what you need, but, you, but your heart's lying. You've got to overcome that lie. You've got to overcome that lie and say, 
to it. I know the only thing that I need in my heart is Jesus. We've got to spend time with Jesus. We've got to love Jesus. And so maybe for someone here this morning or listening online or any of that, maybe your first step to being satisfied is to accept Jesus for the first time. Maybe it's you taking that next step and saying, and saying, I want to be a follower of Jesus. Because I've tried everything else and it's a failure. I've tried chasing relationships, I've tried chasing jobs, I've tried chasing stuff and I still feel empty. And let me tell you, Jesus is the only one that will satisfy that feeling that you have now. And if that's you here in person or listening online, if you're in person, mark the back of the card and say, I'm, I'm accepting Jesus today. But if you're listening online, please email us and let us know. Let us celebrate with you. We want to celebrate some wins. And let us begin, begin to reach out to you and help you on this journey, this marathon of life. Or maybe you're here, and you know, you're like, Derek, I, you know, I'm a believer in Jesus, but I think I've kind of turned my back. And maybe I've dug some cisterns that have some holes and cracks in them, and every time I try to fill it up with stuff, it just leaks through the bottom. And maybe today it's my turn to say, God, I need you to patch some holes up, because I want to be filled with you. Maybe that's you. Maybe you've been trusting in the wrong things. Maybe you've been trusting in your spouse too much, your kids too much, your job too much, your stuff too much, your friends too much. And you just want to say today, God, the only thing that I'm pouring into my heart is you because here's how this works. Because when you fill your heart up with Jesus, automatically something overflows. It fills to the brim. And this is going to make a mess because when... When our hearts get filled up, I should have brought another jug. This is going to be bad. It's going to be real bad. Because when we're filled with Jesus, we begin, it says our cup runs over. And it'll eventually get to where we're loving our families more. And we're loving our spouses more. And those things that we thought brought us fulfillment becomes tools that we can use to see people's lives change forever. Because this is the whole point of this whole series. Because at the, at the end of this, to see that when we love God with all of our hearts, all of our minds, with all of our souls, and with all of our strength, it does, people's lives change around us. The people that we thought were trying to fill, fill our hearts, they become changed. The things that, things, things that we have become tools to build the kingdom. Our passions change, our hearts change, our thinking changes. All because we decided from the very beginning, and I think it's, it was crucial that, that they put that first love go with all your heart, because that's where our passions flow from. That's where it overflows. We got to change what we put in our hearts so that our cups can run over to others. 
So if you're here in person this morning or listening online this week or years from now, whatever, <laughs> if you're ready to make that change, let us know. Courtney will be out at the the next steps table, the first time guest table. Just take her your card. She would love to have a conversation with you. Maybe a little awkward, just to let you know. Because she's awkward. I'm just kidding. But she would love to talk to you. Email us. You can email me, Derek, D E R E K, at shiftchurchknox.org. Let us know because we want to celebrate life change with you. God, we want to thank you so much for giving us the opportunity we've had here this morning. And God, I just pray that whatever's in our hearts this morning, may us understanding that you do chase after us. You, 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 we, can't, we can't run from you. When we don't, didn't deserve anything, you came, to, came into our, you still chased us down. You did whatever it took to get to. Maybe that gets some excitement out in us. And maybe we start to fall in love with you with our whole heart so that we can overflow because our cup's running over to those around us. God, I pray for our hearts, God, that they constantly seek after you. May everything we do, do for the glory of you. But it got to start with our hearts. Filled with you. We've got to have a heart change. we got to be filled with you, God. And I just pray that our hearts are filled with you. And I pray all this in your name. Amen.